Are you ready to generate way more leads with way less struggle? I have great news for you. I'm now accepting new students into High Performance Agent Academy. Inside the Academy, you'll get eight months of customized support from me and get access to my entire playbook, sales, marketing, social media, systems, all of it ready for you to copy and paste right into your business. Check the show notes for the link to learn more. We start on May 1st. In this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast, I am walking you through five of my top 10 creative ways to get your buyer the house in a competitive real estate market. And I said five of the top 10 ways because as I was recording this, I realized that to give you my 10 strategies at the level of detail and tactical insight that I like to provide, this actually is a two-part episode. So keep listening to hear five of the top 10 things that I and my team members are doing to help our buyers be the winning buyer as often as possible. Can't wait to hear what you think of this. Let's get into it. Hey, my name's Tina Bellavo, and I am obsessed with all things real estate, growth, marketing, social media, technology, and team building. If you're an ambitious agent who's hungry to grow, work on your own terms, and build a thriving life outside of your business, this is the podcast for you. I got into real estate when I was 18 years old and grew my business from nothing through referrals and social media. And since then, I've built a top performing team and I've sold over 1,700 homes and $400 million in sales volume. In this podcast, I keep it real and I tell you exactly what I'm doing to sell tons of houses, lead my team, market my brand, grow my social following and database, and maintain incredible work-life balance. I'll never shy away from sharing my biggest mistakes as well as the juiciest parts of my secret sauce. Pull up a seat and get ready to learn and be inspired. This is the High Performance Agent Podcast with Tina Bellavo. Welcome back to the High Performance Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Bellavo, and I am so excited to unload my favorite ideas in this episode, which is five of my top 10 creative ways to get your buyer the house in a highly competitive situation. Now, I just want to say that I don't know what's going on in your market. And depending on when you listen to this, you may still be in a time of super heavy competition or things are easing up. But here in the Baltimore, Maryland area, by the way, very happy to serve any of your referrals in Maryland. Just going to get that in there if you're an agent elsewhere. But in our market right now, things are still really competitive, especially in certain areas and price points. We just had a listing in Baltimore City in a cute up and coming, not even it's already up and come (laughs) neighborhood at a really, really attractive starting price of $200,000. And we just got 14 offers on that house. And actually, that is why I decided to record this episode today, because there were so many things that the buyer agents who didn't win, did wrong, that I was like, these people need a guide. (laughs) And I actually created a guide on like basically all of my ideas of how to be the winning buyer in a competitive market. I think I started drafting it in 2020 when things started to get really crazy. And I've just been adding to that list and finessing all of the strategies ever since. So just a little Easter egg for you. If you go to the show notes, I am going to give you a copy of my guide. You can just fill out a little form and I will email it right over to you. And it'll basically be a summary of what I'm going to talk about today. But I want to just 
dive in. I'm like talking so fast because I want to fit this in as fast as I can. (laughs) So we're going to dive in. I'm going to give you my top 10 creative ways to get your buyer the house. And I will say my favorite three are at the end. So you've just got to buckle up, get out your pen and paper or your little notes app in your phone and let's write some of this stuff down. And by the way, I would also love to hear your ideas in my Facebook group. I run this group. It's free for ambitious agents. It's called Relationship Driven Real Estate with Tina Bellavo. Go search it in Facebook and come join the conversation because I think we could all be exchanging a lot of really great ideas. So we're going to start with basics. Number one, get the full scoop from the listing agent before you submit your offer. This is a step that is kind of easy to skip if you're just rushing to get your offer submitted and you know, you're like at the house and running to like go get to a computer and write it up. But it is so important, if at all possible, to connect with the listing agent and find out the seller's situation. What are their ideal terms and preferences about everything? And I have learned that I can't just say, what does the seller want? Because like, the quality of the question you ask will dictate the quality of the answer that you get. So I might start with that as my opening question. But then I say, what date do they want to settle? Is there a price that they would take it off the market right now? How do they feel about inspections? Would it help them to rent back? Are there any things, this is one of my favorites, is there anything that would be easier for them to just leave behind at the house and not have to move? I could go on and on, but I just, I dig in and I find out everything and taking five minutes to have that conversation, if you can reach the listing agent and they answer their phone and all of that, if you can get into a conversation with them, find out exactly what they want in every way. And then you can bring that to your client and basically help them decide which pieces of that they can accommodate comfortably or maybe not even comfortably, but just kind of weighing the pros and cons of not getting the house versus doing some of the things that in general, like in old times, because I'm an old realtor now, we didn't have to do this stuff. (laughs) It was completely unnecessary. But until further notice, times have changed. So you want to find out as much as you can, do your homework, have a detailed conversation, and then help your client wrap their head around it. You might have to talk with them once or twice, especially if they have never thought about letting someone rent back before or they don't understand the concept of an escalation clause the first time you explain it. So you want to you know, get your client in that conversation and have a checklist of all the offer terms that can be customized and strategized to be winning. So number one, get the scoop. In case you missed it, High Performance Agent Academy is officially open for new students and we start on May 1st. Do you feel frustrated by making slow progress, sick of your systems and CRM being a mess, lonely and tired of figuring out how to grow your business on your own, and are you ready for a breakthrough in your sales, marketing, and lead generation? First of all, you're not alone. I have been there and I've blazed the trail to solve all of those problems. I've assembled every single system, template, and marketing strategy I use so you can copy and paste them right into your business. If you're ready to transform everything about your real estate business, this is your golden opportunity. I will walk alongside you for the rest of 2024 and help you plug these systems directly into your business. And we will customize every element to your market, your brand, your voice, and your goals. High Performance Agent Academy starts on May 1st, and I don't want you to miss the boat. Head to the show notes to get the link or DM me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo, and I'll send you everything you need.
See you in the academy. Number two is I highly recommend, and you need to get started on this before you find the house, but you want to go above and beyond with financing. You want to prepare, you want to strategize, be creative, and make sure that you have explored all options. So there are a bunch of pieces to this um, on the financing tip. So number one, you need to have a great set of lenders in your arsenal to connect your people with. We have several different lenders we work with, a couple that are our main go-tos, but different lenders have different programs and doctor loans and jumbo products. And you guys know how it goes. Some some banks have way better programs for people that are self-employed. So you want to have more than one go-to, especially if you ever have a client who has any sort of unique situation with their income, their taxes, their employment situation, et cetera. Then you want to, in a perfect world, not have your client just pre-approved, but work with a lender who will fully approve and pre-underwrite the loan. So at the time of the offer, you can submit a loan approval letter where, you know, every market is different. So I am definitely speaking specifically to things that we're used to doing in Maryland. But here, you could have a buyer who is fully approved and just say, all we need is the appraisal. So yeah, we will apply for the loan on day one. Like in our contract, there are blanks to fill out what day they will apply and start the loan process, and then what day by which they will have a full loan commitment. So in this case, it would be like, we'll apply on day one or zero because it's already done. And we don't need a full 30 days or 25 days for a loan commitment. We only need 14 because we're going to order the appraisal the minute we go under contract and it'll be done within a week and we will be all wrapped up within two weeks. Obviously, you need to have a lender who can work this way. And if your lender can't work that way, you might need to find a different one because this kind of competition, competitive (laughs) market that we're in requires the best of the best and if we are not working with the best of the best, our clients are not going to win. So to recap, you need great lenders who can work this way, especially someone who's willing to do full approvals and underwriting before submitting for your serious buyers. And then the other couple things just to think about, not everyone can do this, but do you have a buyer who could actually buy the house cash if things didn't come together, but they plan to get a loan? Perhaps you submit the offer with no financing contingency. Prepare them that if all, you know, goes to heck in a hand basket, they might have to pay cash. But just do the financing on the back end, but don't have it be a contingency in the contract. We are seeing that cash is still king in our market. So any way to be cash or cash-ish, <laughs> as I like to say, or at least appraisal-free is absolutely essential. And we'll talk more about appraisals in a few minutes. A couple other best practices with financing. I always copy the lender on my initial offer presentation email to the listing agent to make it easy for everyone to connect if the listing agent wants to. If the listing agent is has getting like 20 offers on the house, it might actually be obnoxious for your lender to call them. (laughs) But I do think in general, it's good for the lender to do some kind of outreach to the listing agent to talk up your buyer and just show that they're on it. Kind of like ideally immediately, like I submit the offer and two minutes later, the lender's replying to all saying something like, hey, listing agent, just want to let you know, you know, Jane and John Doe here are totally approved. We've actually underwritten them. We believe that we can have the appraisal done within a week. Like reiterate everything and say, if you want to, I know, I'm sure you're very busy. If you want to call me and talk things through further, here's my cell phone number. Would love to chat with you. But please rest assured, these are the strongest buyers you could ever hope for. 
So for me as like a busy person, I would rather get that kind of email and have someone's cell phone number right at my fingertips and call them if I want to versus having like 25 lenders call me. But you really want to kind of know your audience. And that's really important with a lot of what I'm going to talk about here, like know your audience with the listing agent. How do they like to communicate? Are they someone that's like really systems driven and has like really detailed disclosures uploaded or are they not at all and they just want to chat with you on the phone and build rapport? Know your audience and behave accordingly. Okay, moving on from financing, we're going to talk step three, get all the details right and make the listing agent's job easy. Oh my God, I can't emphasize this one enough. There's nothing more obnoxious than getting a messy, incomplete offer. It is such a bad look. And it is such a red flag on the seller side when you get a crappy, jacked up offer where the, you know, the addenda aren't in a logical order, things aren't filled out all the way, there's mistakes. Like this seems so obvious, but I think it's just such like a problem in our industry. I think a lot of agents are untrained. So if you're hearing this and feeling like your offers have maybe been a little sloppy, please find someone to tap into and work on improving your assembly and presentation of your offers. So a couple specific tips of how you could work on this. First of all, get, and again, this might be a little Maryland specific, but here, listing agents upload the property disclosure package to the MLS. So before I even show a house, I can download and review the entire disclosure package, check all the details, see what's included and excluded as far as like fixtures and appliances at the house, And I can see, did the listing agent give me a really big, thorough package? Did they upload special instructions and make sure that when you submit the offer that you copy my assistant? You know, busy agents are a little more systems driven a lot of the time. And it's really annoying when you don't follow the directions they've taken the time to give them. So I recommend looking through the disclosure package and the MLS listing for any instructions that are outlined by the listing agent. And then on top of that, like you just need to slow down and get in touch with the details. Look at the listing. Look at what's included and excluded. Are there any preferences outlined? Did they fill out that little blank saying that they do prefer a 60-day closing? That would be something I would call and verify. Again, in RMLS, they can kind of write the timeline of by which they would like the closing to be. There's all kinds of blanks to fill in. And then by the time you show the home, you can verify everything in the listing. And then if there is any discrepancy, you can call and put that on the list of questions that you ask the listing agent all in one shot just to run through everything but not be pestering them with 85 follow-up messages. I will say I was on a group text (laughs) with an agent yesterday who was part of this 14 offer bidding war and she asked like so many questions. Our listing says very specifically to contact my partner Diana and not me. Instead, she called me, texted me, then group texted us. And it was just sort of that like, you're not even listening (laughs) kind of phenomenon And then she asked a bunch of questions that basically signified that the buyer was going to be very picky and anxious about the condition. And she showed her hand right away that of the 14 we had to choose from, it didn't look good as far as working with her or working with that buyer as far as like the way it was to work with her. So you want to get your details right and make it easy for the other side. Beyond that, you want your offer filled out perfectly. Proofread. Have someone else proofread for you. Have a buddy where you review each other's offers, if you're someone who's like just generally not detail-oriented, put something in place to counteract that instead of just being like, oh, too bad. I'm just kind of a big picture person. Like, 
when you're dealing with all kinds of personality types in this industry, you really want to be able to appeal to and accommodate all the different personality types and adjust your strategies accordingly. So proofread, proofread, put together a clean, great offer, and then you need to submit it. So that's step four, which is when you submit your offer, stand out. (laughs) So here are a couple tactical ways that you can be a standout submitter. (laughs) Number one, have a really fantastic cover letter template that you use for all of your offers. And that letter, in my opinion, should outline why your client is awesome and well-qualified, why your contract is advantageous, a bullet-pointed list of all of your offer terms that is detailed and clear so that they don't even need to open and review a 60-page contract on their phone on their first go-round, and also tell them why it's going to be great to work with you and your team members. So we have a really great cover letter that we use that's very personal. It's upbeat, which is like our team brand, like very friendly, (laughs) customer-centric. And it basically ends off by saying like, our team is known for being really systems-driven and detail-oriented. We promise to make this deal easier for you because you're not going to have to deal with any mess or craziness. Oh, and by the way, we promise this is going to be your friendliest and most amicable transaction of the year. And like I just said the tone. like I let people know this is how it's going to be to work with us, and then that's how we act. And we are always super professional and kind to the listing side no matter what, really, like no matter what, because my reputation matters more than winning a pissing match with someone on the other side to satisfy my ego or annoyed feelings for two seconds, because reputation is everything. And I have been doing this for almost 20 years in my market. And people know that it's great to work with me and my team members, because when we say that's how we act, that is how we act. And we just don't do drama. We don't get sucked in to the challenges. Sure, like we we chat about them on the side. We have a lot of laughs. We vent to each other at times, but when it comes to like interfacing with the other side, it's all professional and our offers get accepted more often because people know that that's how we roll. And we let them know that that's how we roll and that that's what they can expect from us and then we have the integrity to back that up. So those would be my standout tips. I already said this, but I'll say it again. Communicate the way the listing agent likes. Like we just had sold a listing of ours recently and the agent on the buying side, I know her quite well. And I said to my one of my colleagues up front, I said, she hates talking on the phone. Don't ever call her or text her and ask her if she can call you. And it's a simple thing, but it's just like sort of a matter of like respecting and flowing with the way that people are and like make their job easier, make it pleasant to work together. And then I do have a personal story if you really want to stand out. So if you've been in real estate for a while, you know that there are these like kind of this hot topic of should you submit a personal letter from the buyer to the listing side? I think in general, NAR has come out and said like, it's not a good idea. It's so easy for these personal letters to break fair housing guidelines and signify, you know, all the different like, you know, protected classes and things like that. And then it gives sellers an opportunity to maybe be influenced in a way that wouldn't be in alignment with fair housing. So that's a challenge because I do think making a connection with the other side can be a really powerful way to get things done. So I just encourage you to obviously follow the guidelines of your state and your broker and all of that. But if there's a creative way to make a connection with the other side, do it. 
if you want to have crumble cookies delivered to the listing agent with a cute little message, like, just so you know, it'll be even sweeter if you work with me, like, do it. If you want to send flowers to the sellers and say, we're the buyers who wrote XYZ offer, there's no law against that in Maryland. We actually went above and beyond. We bought a house in Hilton Head, South Carolina last year. Crazy competitive market. We bought the house over FaceTime, no inspection. I'll talk more about that in a minute. I knew we were up against other offers. We actually did a couple really cool things. I'm going to talk about one of them later. One of the things I did, which is just simple, is we offered an odd number for the sale price. The house we knew was going to go for around 700 And I said to my husband, someone's probably going to offer 705 So what did we offer? 706 And that's also my lucky number, but I'm not that into lucky numbers. I just think it's important to think about what other people are going to do and then go a step beyond that. But where I'm going with this story is the creative thing we did that I'm still so proud of is that we recorded a video and of it was like a selfie video of me and my husband actually wearing our dorky matching Hilton Head sweatshirts. If anyone ever wants to see it, I will maybe show it to you. And I just, he sat there while I did the talking, which is our marriage in a nutshell. And I just said like, I grew up going to this island. We got married here in 2011. We have been waiting to be ready to buy a house here. This is our dream. We love your home. This is the only neighborhood we've been targeting. And I just told our story. And I just said, like, we hope you pick us. And if you need us to adjust something in our terms, like, let your agent know. Let's make this happen. And I gave, I uploaded the video to YouTube on private. You won't be able to find it, just for the record. (laughs) And I gave the link to our agent and I said, please present this. They can watch it or not. And they watched it and they loved it. And that is what I call just putting it out there. And maybe you don't want to do that or your client doesn't want to do that. But maybe you submit a video of you with your offer saying, hey, listing agent, we haven't met before. I'm Tina. I just want to let you know that I would love to work with you. Here's a quick recap of the offer terms. Like basically what I would put in the email, like in the written email, like I would just reiterate it all in the video and be like, just so you know, I'm going to make your job easy. I'm going to be so pleasant and cheerful. Let's make this happen. If there's something we need to adjust in the offer, please, like I'm all ears, et cetera, et cetera. So you may hate video, but you know what? Maybe that's going to make the difference for your clients. Maybe you could try it or maybe you do a video text or a DM on Instagram to follow up with a listing agent and just let them know how excited you are to work with them. I mean, you don't want to be like crazy, but I think doing something to stand out and show your enthusiasm is always a good move. Okay. Idea number five. We left off at number four, standout offer. (laughs) So idea number five is to waive all or part of the appraisal contingency. Now, this might come back to guidelines and addendums and like language that your broker or board would provide and approve. But in our market, it has been customary for clients to include specialized language in the contract saying that either we just completely waive the appraisal, which is not really special language. That's more of just waiving a contingency. Or what's become a lot more common is agreeing up front to cover a gap of up to X thousand dollars. And you want that to be a meaningful amount of money. Like if it's a $500,000 house and you're agreeing to cover a gap of only $5,000, That probably won't be meaningful enough if you're up against other offers that are waiving a much larger amount of money or the entire appraisal. So if you've never done this and you haven't seen it, 
go talk to your broker and find out if there is a way that you could get some standard language or get your hands on an approved write-up paperwork-wise to do this and help your clients set apart because a huge offer price on a house is absolutely meaningless if it is all going to fall apart the minute the appraisal happens. And and this just came up again. I'll just like go back to this example of the 14 offer situation we had on one of our team listings yesterday where my partner Diana literally said, I can't believe all of these people are offering huge numbers and none of them are doing anything to address the appraisal concern. Despite me letting them all know that they should, they're just not bothering. And I know some buyers just can't cover an appraisal gap and that's fine, but I think a lot of people could even a small amount of money, if you were to just discuss it with them and their lender. And that kind of ties back to working with a great lender. Sometimes there's a scenario where you make an offer and say, you know what, we're going to put 20% down. However, if we had to cover an appraisal gap, we could put less down and then apply the difference to the appraisal and basically kind of manipulate the loan amount on the back end and work that all out. That's a conversation to have with the lender, but that is exactly how I got a buyer under contract. I remember the exact situation. It was 2021. She was planning to put 20% down. She didn't have extra to do more than that, but she definitely had some flexibility with maybe putting just 10% down and changing the loan terms. And that is how we secured her house. So waive all or part of the appraisal contingency. That is tip number five. Okay. So I'm only through five of my 10 tips. And I want to give you the goods. I want to give you the details and not just high-level BS that you don't know what to do or implement. So what I'm going to do is come back and give you part two of two in a follow-up episode coming in next week right after this. So I just want to say thank you for listening. I've got five more killer tips for you to get your buyers under contract. Come back, hear more from me. And in the meantime, again, you can, if you want to be really impatient, because I am so impatient, hit up my show notes. You can download my tips. I'm going to put the link right there where you can get an email from me with all 10 tips and then come back and hear all the rest next week. And again, I just invite you to join my Facebook group, Relationship Driven Real Estate with Tina Bellavo. if you want to you know, stir up this conversation more with like-minded agents. And if you just want to tap into my expertise at a much deeper level than the podcast, make sure to join the waitlist for High Performance Agent Academy. I would love to walk you through this and all of the other things that I do at a way deeper level, which is what that training and mentoring program is designed for. So that waitlist is also in the show notes. Hit it up. And when I'm back to work after my baby this fall, I will reach out to everyone on the waitlist and fill you in on the Academy and my amazing early bird special. Thanks again for spending time with me. And I look forward to chatting again soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the High Performance Agent Podcast. Make sure to subscribe by hitting the follow button so you don't miss the next episode. And check the show notes for links to all of my goodies, including my newsletter filled with tips for ambitious agents. You can also find me on Instagram at Tina Bellavo. Talk to you soon.